0: What is up, everybody? This is Dave Schmidt, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Super pumped that you are here. On this podcast, we talk about game changers. We talk to life changers. We talk about things that really matter. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy Lasting Learning. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Lasting Learning Podcast. I am so glad you are here. For those of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. For those of you that are returning, I'm glad you're sticking around. This is the Lasting Learning Podcast where we talk about school, but we don't really talk about school. We talk about what school could be, what school should be, and what school should be preparing our students to be. This week, we have an amazing guest joining us. She is a mom, she is a wife, she is a teacher, she's a coach, she's an author, she's a speaker, she is a change agent, and she is a dynamo. She's somebody that I would consider to be a new friend of mine as well. We started connecting several months ago, and she just continues to inspire me. And I thought, why not share her and her wisdom with the world? So I asked Kelly Hager to join us today. And Kelly,
1: hey, for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. So Kelly, um, it's a great big world out there and there might be one or two people that don't necessarily know who you are. Do you mind just taking a few minutes just to introduce yourself to those people?
1: people? Absolutely. I'm so thankful for the opportunity. So um, my name is Kelly Hoggard and I am, I guess, first and foremost, wife and mom to, I have a 10-year-old daughter, um, Paisley, and I have a six-year-old son named Beckham. They keep me very busy (laughs) Um, in the evenings and the weekends. I also have been in education for 16 years. I started out in early childhood um, special education in Roanoke, Virginia, and then um, transitioned eventually through kindergarten teacher, first grade teacher, and um, into a gifted resource role. And then now, um, this past summer, I transitioned within my building into a new role as the instructional technology specialist. So I've kind of dabbled in some different areas. I've been in, you know, rural. Um, Now where I am here in Virginia Beach, it's a great school in a small neighborhood, but it's still pretty city, um, you know, and I've also got to dabble in a variety of positions, kind of helping kids everywhere on those learning spectrums. So I absolutely adore being at work every day. It's, you know, sometimes I am like work is a relief from stress from home even, so I just I love everything about the potential and possibility of education. You know, there's just a thousand doors to open for every kid, and I just I just love being here. So,
0: and so so awesome, and the the fact that you've had a variety of positions um, really speaks to your credibility because it 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 shows that people buy into you and they get to know what it is that that you're about. They say, bring that here. And I'm a guy, I actually spent some time growing up in Virginia Beach. So I appreciate the fact that you're helping that community. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Kudos to you. Yes. So I,
1: I went to school here. So it's like I returned home to my own district.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's full circle, paying it forward. Yes. So I, I said that you and I first started connecting a few months ago. Um, and for those that, that aren't aware, uh, you wrote a, a book through Gladiators Publishing. Uh, yes. Yes and it, it's called Champ for Kids. Some people have seen it all over social media where there's a picture of a boxing ring and some boxing gloves <laughs> there. Um, and it's it's a powerful book. It's, I, what I love about it is it's it's a, a short read. I mean, truly, you can right. wanna read it in an hour, but you're gonna be thinking about it for days and weeks and months because it's so right. good. So can you just talk briefly, real quick, what prompted you to take your message and share it globally, because it's, it's, it can be a terrifying endeavor to put your right thoughts oh. and have everybody everywhere scrutinize and criticize. But yeah, absolutely.
1: So I have only been on Twitter, um, coming this April will be two years. So I started out with a Twitter account. And I was just posting a few, you know, cute pictures of my kids and little activities here and there. I wasn't even posting daily maybe weekly at best. And I was interacting with maybe 150 people and most of them were in my district that I already knew. Yeah. And so, um, and then I read the book, Kids Deserve It by um, Adam Welcome and Todd Nesloni. And I happened to start participating in Twitter chats and I was like, oh, this is cool because these people kind of like are passionate because mm-hmm. even though I would say that I always have had great relationships with the teachers in my building and on my grade level, I've always felt sort of like an isolate because I was that one who was doing these kind of weird extra stuff, you know, like, why are you always doing all of that extra stuff, you know? And um, so I sort of feel like there were plenty of times when, while they were my friends and my colleagues, I couldn't really be like, oh my gosh, I want to create this whole classroom conversion and have the kids walk into, you know, this cool classroom that's going to captivate them for this whole lesson on fractions or whatever it may be. People were kind of like, back down, girl. We want to go home this afternoon. So I found people on Twitter all over the world that were like, yeah, do that because it's what's best for kids. And I had had so many conversations and a lot of what's in Champ for Kids, there's a lot of little vignettes and little stories about my interactions with other people where I was championing for a kid and didn't really even know that I had that that interaction may have had as much power as i now understand looking back you know you do these things because it's what's right and sometimes it's not what's comfortable and i was doing all of these things at my school level and once i kind of got on twitter and i recognized oh these there's a whole group of people out here and somebody said you should start a blog you know you have some good ideas and so i started blogging i'm horrible not horrible at blogging horrible at keeping up with blogging <laughs> just- but um <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should put that in a blog. And I put it in my notes and my phone and then I'm like, Oh, on to the next thing. But, um, so the Twitter thing just started to evolve. And then one day, a few summers ago, I said about a year and a half ago, I said, I'm going to start a Twitter chat and it's going to just, you know, randomly look at the calendar. I'm going to start at June 16th. I looked at all the other big name chats. I'm like, I don't want to be on the same night as any of those guys. <laughs> and I pick a time and I pick a night and I set a personal goal because I'm like, I'm like one of those people who sets really big goals, but then i like, I'm, like, I'm not telling anybody about that because, you know, if it goes wrong, I'm still developing my growth <laughs> mindset, if we're being completely honest. But, um, so I set a goal for like 35 people to attend, and the first night of Champ for Kids, there were like 75 active participants, and right then I realized like people want to interact with That's other people who are equally as passionate as they are. They want to find their people, and they're not always able to do that on a face-to-face level if they are they're very lucky but you want to expand you want to get new ideas we have the people who are in like that champ for kids family and a lot of these twitter chats they um, have an inherent desire to grow professionally they want that whole culture of professional development that twitter brings that they might not be getting wherever they are or they may just want more so since then, Champ for Kids has been on just about every Tuesday. I think we've maybe missed a handful for holidays, and I had a sick kid once. But um, just about every Tuesday since for about a year and a half almost now. And the family is, is so great. And that's sort of where the book came from. It was like, wait, you know, people do want to hear this message. And am I, it really came down to me. Am I brave enough to put the message down on paper? And so um, Marlena reached out. We had taught, I saw a post actually about their first book. They gave somebody a contract. And um, I, I, I think I just put congratulations, something, Educated Gladiators Publishing. I don't know. I put some kind of tweet and then I hashtagged it champ for kids. And she reached out and was like, no, we've, we've seen what you're kind of doing and within your little group there. And you have this little following and family and you guys are connecting and it's pretty consistent. And we read your blogs and what are your thoughts? and You know, secretly, I already had a little bit of a manuscript going (laughs) because I'm like, could I do this? Would I do this? And I said, well, what are your thoughts on what I have so far? And she said, it it fulfills the pillar of advocacy for edge gladiators. We feel like it's a message that says you're going to advocate for kids unapologetically, no matter what it takes, because they need that person. And so then I just went for it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And you're right. Like a lot of people have mentioned it's a short read i love it because it's short it's power packed as a teacher i have a whole bookcase full of amazing books but i have to really set aside time to ensure that i can read them as a mom as a you know instructional coach i'm meeting with people almost every day after school like to come up with ideas and brainstorm and make sure we're fulfilling every kid's needs but when i want to pour into myself a 250 page book might not always meet the need. Sometimes I need a little power packed punch of inspiration that I can just be like, boom, yes, that's what I need to do. Or that's what I'm going to add to my plate. I'm going to add trying to meet and greet every kid in kindergarten this week and learn every kid, you know what I mean? And like just pulling out a little tidbit from the book. And I have, um, I'm the lead mentor in our building. And so one of my mentees bought it and she was talking to me and she was like, it's just enough so that I know how to get myself back to center if I feel like I'm veering off but I don't have to dig into a long you know what I mean there's so much value in all of these teacher books but I think it has its place in that it can get you back to center if you need to in a a fairly short time
0: yeah you you know you you said so many powerful things in there and um I'm sorry no 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 that was great I'm sitting here taking taking notes because let let me go back to some of the early things you said um you talked about first getting into to Twitter and, um, you know, kids deserve it. I think kids deserve it's one of those books that um, launches a lot of people. Uh, because right. it's, it's one of those books that empowers and lets you know that you're not alone. You know, there, right. there are people everywhere that say, make every decision um, for kids. And every educator is making decisions that they think are best for kids. I mean, we, right. we have to assume that, number one. But yet everybody does things differently. And that book serves not necessarily as a how-to book, but more as that, Cheerleader on the side, right. giving you the encouragement to go out there and just try something new, and that it's okay to mess up, it's okay to take big chances and fail, because ultimately you're doing it with pure intentions. Right. And that's something that I really loved about about your book. You know, it's again I described the cover because I think the cover is important because <laughs> your entire book is written through this big metaphor of right. basically a boxer in the ring, and um, but then there's this there's this lens that you also portrayed throughout the book where there's people in every boxer's corner who yes. are there to encourage them, that they after every three minute round, they can come back to the to the ring, to the to the corner and, and get that feedback to go out there and try again. And they're there to make sure that the person out there fighting the fight isn't giving up. And I think that's what you do extremely well. You make you you do a lot of things for the benefit of kids, but you understand that the big people, the grown ups and right. the adults, need that encouragement as well. Exactly. If we're gonna end up doing it for kids. So yes, awesome.
1: it's, I think that, um, and we joke, Marlene and I joke, she was like, it, it's, it could be read as champ for teachers also. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a lot of it is saying like, I am helping you affirm the work is hard, but it's worth it. And, and these little actions and these little steps that you're doing are, they're going to pay off big for you. So keep going, you know, lean on your people when you need to, understand that it's not going to be an overnight process but through these steps and and you're right that's exactly how the book is written through this initial each each round of the book instead of chapter we went with the rounds and each round of the book kind of starts out with this analogy to a boxer and and their people and the sport in, in and of itself but then it also then goes into what does that look like if I'm a teacher in action and I try to provide real examples with real kids and Real teachers, sometimes they are my personal examples and sometimes they're reflections on interactions with another teacher and another kid and then some how-to type steps like, let's go, you can do this. Let- These are a couple of quick things that you can do right in your building that will make you feel like, all right, here I go, I'm championing for kids right now and then a few reflection questions.
0: That's good, It's really good. I-, I-, I wanna go back a little bit now, mm-hmm. you said very early on during your-, your intro, you talked about being a mom. And you made a statement in your intro that sometimes the, one of the reasons you love schools because sometimes it serves a break from, yes. <laughs> from being home and <laughs> all the insanity that sometimes goes along with parenting and just being, yes. being on all the time. And as a dad of four kids, I relate yeah. to that. Um, I, I understand that sometimes going to work is a sanctuary. It's a, yes. <laughs> a safe place because being home and knowing that you are responsible for successfully raising future adults and great kids is exhausting it's stressful um so you're in the midst of it right now talk to me a little bit about a how you find balance and b what your goals are for your kids
1: okay um so i will admittedly and actually i even write this as a line as something i'm working on in the book is like that Um, balance is, is hard for me because I am one of those people who tries really hard one to be doing the most challenging thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm always like, well, what, what could I do to like really amp it up? And so I enjoy being engaged in like highly challenging, I guess, cognitive tasks almost. I like to really dig into things that make my brain hurt. So sometimes doing that all day and then going home and it's like, Ooh, okay. Like my brain is, still hey, on, on turn full <laughs> blast. Yeah. And there's no turnoff. So I am working on balance. I've gotten better at um, how much I take home from work, which requires a lot of balancing and time management at work so that I am meeting everybody's needs in the building. And that I'm able to leave without taking a big pile of work home. So that's been a big focus for me this year is like, let's rein in how many nights we're going to bring work home. You know, it's not going to be that I never bring it home because that's not very realistic for me. Um, personally, and in the position that I'm in, but it's not going to be an every night thing as well. I've, I have made my weekends for the most part completely family time. So I try to wrap up everything on Friday in preparation for Monday and leave it, um, which is a big step for me because I used to be that person on Sunday who, like, when we got home from church, I'm right there doing schoolwork all day on Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and then Hard.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And so in my current role, I'm central office administrator, but former building principal. And this is where it goes back to sometimes we use the if it's best for kids right. do it excuse. Because I mean you can come up with it. <laughs> as a yeah. Mind, I could tell teachers it's better for your kids in your classroom for you to go home and work on your lesson plans all night long to respond to every single email all night long, to be focusing on your classroom all night long, I could I could use that excuse. Is it gonna help the teachers actually perform well the next day? Is it gonna help them be fresh, right. vibrant, and excited to, and filled with passion? Probably not. So we, we use that often as our excuse to explain away um, our, our lack of being able to come up with a better excuse, if you will. It's like the, right. I told you so excuse. And you know, we, we've tried to reframe that. So in, in your book, when you talk about CHAMP for kids, what, what is it that makes somebody a champ for kids? How do you, how do you define that?
1: So uh, we went, well, I say we, I. Um, I started out with like really looking at that sort of what are the components for meeting kids' needs, and it falls into a great acronym, of course. Um, so the C is for connections, which is the tried and true piece of relationships, which I feel like is you could save that and pretty much post it in every single Twitter chat you go into. But what I did is really like digging into how do you do that? Because I feel like building good relationships could be in every single, it's an answer to every Twitter chat that you've ever participated in. You know what I mean? But then what does that really look like? What does that look like if you're talking about teacher to student, teacher to teacher, student to student relationships, all of those make your classroom a place where kids can thrive. It's not just you getting to know the students, which is insanely valuable, excuse me, but the students need to know each other. They need to value each other and you have to help with that relationship as well. And so then it moves into creating a culture that is full of hope. Kids need to understand that this is a place where I'm going to do my best to be happy and positive and hopeful, but I'm also going to use that word because, and there's a big section of like, I believe in you and I have hope for something that you are going to accomplish because I've seen you do X, Y, and Z. So I know that you have this in you, which I'm going to help you take to this next level. It's not just positivity. Positivity is great, but we've said before, you can say all the positive quotes you want and they can fall on deaf ears Mm -hmm. until the kids connect with, okay, she really does believe in me. She's showing me what I have done and now she's telling me, She's either going to be behind me, pushing me, beside me, kind of conferencing with me or in front of me, showing the modeling a little bit. And now it's my turn. And so I talk about how that hopeful atmosphere does not just come about with a few positive words every day or a couple of fist bumps. Those are great, but now what? And then from there, it goes into looking at advocacy and what does that look like from a teacher standpoint and how did we then teach our students to advocate for themselves respectfully, purposefully, in a timely manner? Um, and then the mindfulness and not so much of mindfulness as far as breathing techniques and, and those types of things, which are great. I mean, okay. I definitely see kids benefit, but being mindful of what you bring to the table and what your kids also are carrying to the table every day. And how do you interact when they've witnessed things that we, we don't want any kid to witness, but they have. So what now? Mm-hmm. And then the end is just keeping that passion and fire for what you know is best for kids and keeping you know, you're going to be an isolate sometimes. You're going to get those, you know, three-headed stares sometimes when you come up with an idea, but keep that passion going.
0: Yeah, so good. So
1: those kind of all make up the champ. (laughs)
0: And it's it's so good, you know, as as, as I read the book, um, yet another thing that I appreciate about this book is that it wasn't a book that, you know, uses the boxing metaphor, but it wasn't a book that knocked me out and made me feel like I suck at everything and that I need to just completely... Scrap everything I've ever done and start yeah. it. it it was a book that um, encouraged me, it motivated me, and it gave me some tweaks. It, like shaved off some of the corners, you know, so that I yes. felt like I could fit a little bit better, which was awesome. And you know, I'll, I'll use yet another analogy or metaphor. It seems like that's what we both do a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> you mentioned early on that you know after after church every Sunday. So I'm going to use church as my analogy here. Perfect. Um, for those people that go to church every Sunday most of the time you don't go to hear something brand new. You probably sit in sermons every single Sunday and hear things that you've heard now for years and years and years. But every time you go, you, you hear it a little bit differently based on where you are in your life, your experience, maybe even a speaker up on the stage or, or in the building, they paint a slightly different picture for you so that you can apply it in a, in a more meaningful way in the upcoming week. And that's Yes. That's what I love about your book. You know, it's it's a great companion to you mentioned kids deserve it. It's it takes kids deserve it and it, it says a lot of the same things but in a different way. And it's just I love that where I felt like, okay, I can take this and I can I'm fired up now to go and and do some things and then to pick up another book and then to go and pick up another book. Yes. It's, like you said, it's that good reset. So that career educator um, doesn't have to feel like they're starting over again, that the world has completely shifted, but that they're on the right track just continue to focus on your mindset and keep going.
1: Right. I would hope that for a lot of people, there were affirmations in there that, yes, I already am doing this. And then there were new ideas, like you said, for inspiration. It should be, I'm really hoping that the people who are picking it up are going, Oh, perfect. I am, I am doing this. Oh wait, I haven't really thought about turning over that self-advocacy piece. I feel like I'm the advocate, but at what point, Am I also responsible for teaching the kids to be the advocate or, you know, different things in each chapter where it provides you a little affirmation, but it also provides you a little inspiration to go beyond what you're doing or to reach out to on that next level. You know, I'm staying within my four doors, what's next or four walls, excuse me, what's yeah. next for me. And um, so I uh, agree with you hundred percent. I didn't want to write it and have people feel like, oh my gosh, it's it's November, and now I read this book, and I feel like it's a great book, so I have to start over, and no, 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 do what you're doing, but if you're not willing to grow and change, then, you know, you're not going to be at the peak of your craft ever, and we don't ever really get to the peak of our craft, but I'd like to keep ascending, at least, you know?
0: No, absolutely, and you mentioned that you're in your 16th year, I believe you said, yes, of of education, and in those 16 years, you've been named teacher of the year a couple of times, so you've got that that validation, that gold star that says you're doing a good job, but yet you're continuing to evolve yourself. What, what are, how have you changed in the last 16 years comparing yourself as a educator today versus a decade and a half ago? What's different?
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, in the very beginning, I remember, I can almost like it's yesterday. I remember going into my first classroom It was a preschool special ed classroom. I was going to have 16 students. Eight of those students would have an IEP. Eight of those students would be mainstream students from the community that we're able to come in, um, to that Virginia preschool initiative program. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the cutest classroom. All the things are going to match. And like,
0: you focused on that bulletin board, didn't you?
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, everything's going to be great. And then in walk these two amazing assistants. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with these people because I had never really even thought about relying on other people. I thought, you know, the weight is on my shoulders and it's my job to do everything. And now, I feel like with with regard to understanding the importance of having a team, oh, I am a thousand times better because I lean into my team. I am so blessed in my job right now that I share an office with um, the new gifted resource teacher who kind of took over for what I was doing last year and the math coach and the reading specialist and me as the um, instructional technology person, we share an office and I can't tell you how many lessons Um, And units have evolved just from the sheer fact that we're all in the same room from something that, you know, it would be okay, but it becomes stellar because everybody sort of says, oh, you could add this, or here's a great integration component. Or did you know we had this resource in the building? You can't know it all. There's, it's impossible. But when you lean into people, and that was something that I didn't do in my first few years, I thought like it was my responsibility to know it all and deliver it all. And, you know, and I'm just better for having other people on my team, which is another part of the reaching out on Twitter. I'm better for knowing all of these people and meeting up with people like you. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's powerful. It, 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 truly does speak to the need for collaboration and the need yeah. for people. And, and I, I would echo that a thousandfold. Um, I was that teacher who I would have co-teachers in my classroom and wouldn't even acknowledge them. I would just let them kind of hover around the room and I, I wouldn't even interact with them. And I, I look back and I now and say, shame on me. I had this amazing resource and my own arrogance pushed them right? away. Or I, I, I know that we have teachers even today that they might not have another adult in the room with them, but they've got adults across the hall or Absolutely. across the building that they don't ever lean into. Um, we've got an entire network, like we've said, with, with Twitter, where there's literally hundreds of thousands of people that you can be connecting with and stealing ideas from or, um, or just affirming. And and we leave those chances behind. And it's one of the reasons that I love doing this this podcast. Yeah, I, I had somebody a couple weeks ago push back a little bit and said, I can't believe you're doing this podcast and you're talking to all these people that have books and things out there. It's, it, it feels like you're taking money out of their pockets because they're sharing all their great ideas for free with people. And I said, uh, no, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the idea is we want people right. to take these ideas and run with them. And that's, that's why we write books. That's why we share ideas is right. not necessarily fill our own egos. And trust me, Kelly, you can attest to this. We're not making money off of this deal. No. It is, it, it is an opportunity to, to branch out and to right. expand our own networks a little bit and to selfishly collaborate with people. We might not have ever had the opportunity to do so with before. And And
1: there's a level of challenge for us professionally. I think like it's, it's a big undertaking. And I think you have to say, this is going to be hard, but something I, I'm going to be brave and be bold. And I'm going to, I'm going to try out something that if you had asked me 10 years ago, no way am I saying I'm writing an educational book. And so I think people, you're right. People do ask like about the money side or the like, you know, are you trying to be an edger rock star? No, I'm not. I'm getting up every morning and putting on my two pant legs and carrying my crazy kids sometimes through McDonald's for breakfast. I'm nobody special, but I do want to connect with people who feel the same way that I do. And I do want to challenge myself to grow. And, and if it be through a book or through starting a blog or whatever the case may be, I'm uh, all about supporting everybody as they do that.
0: That's so good. So good. And you know, I, I had a, a conversation. I don't know if you know who Jeff Gargas is. He yes. teach better team. Um, teach better. Yes. Ohio. And I was just talking to him last week or two weeks ago, and he was talking about how trolls kind of come out of the woodwork when you start to amplify your voice and um, how he does not believe in blocking people. Um, it's his own personal belief because he wants that. He wants their, their yes. he wants that to fuel his own thoughts. And I, I just thought that was powerful that, you know, when you step out, and you start to amplify mm-hmm. your voice, there will be naysayers, even oh. at a level within your own school at a staff meeting. If you're that mm-hmm. that asks that question, just like in a regular classroom, if you're that student that asks the question, you're going to get some people that roll their eyes or roll their <laughs> eye and say, you know, brown noser or whatever you want to no, call it.
1: Oh, Sally, always taking up more time. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and that's going to happen. But eventually, you yeah. have to get yourself to that point that says, my own personal growth is worth it um I, I see value in this um in spite of the fact that i might have to deal with some trolls or some people that are going to complain because as as we all know things that are worth it take effort they're hard
1: exactly that's
0: part of the, the effort that goes along with this so I, I really do commend you on taking that step and amplifying your voice and going big it's it's awesome to see what's happening
1: thank you i am very excited
0: yeah absolutely so you know we, we talked about a lot here from parenting, to (laughs) teaching, to, to who you are as a person and your book. Um, but I want you to now imagine that, um, you've got this captive audience of the entire world filled with educators, parents, and somebody hands you a microphone and says, okay, Kelly, you got 30 seconds now. Tell the world what they need to hear. What's the next thing that they need to do to really take education or to, um, take learning to that next level? What do you tell them?
1: Um I, it's pretty simple for me and it's sort of the the slogan of champ for kids it starts out with be brave you have got to try the things that other people are saying that you can't do or that your kids can't do you do it you give it a try it might fail it might be ugly but you're going to be brave enough to try things that others say that you can't you're going to be bold enough to step out when you know you, you're shaking in your boots you know and i've had that before like i when i went on this job interview for this position I was shaking in my shoes and I knew I had had leadership roles before, but this was a different type of role. Be bold enough to take yourself to a place where you're shaking in your shoes, but you know, it's going to help you grow and then just be that champion And, and for kids and for each other, support people, support, support the eye rollers in your building, support those grade level huffers that are going, Oh, not again, not again. Say, Hey, I've been doing this idea and it's really been working. And I would love for you to come by during your art for five minutes and watch my kids do it. Or I'd love to sit with you this afternoon. If you're supporting those people, then you are in turn supporting those people's students, which is exactly what we're there for. They're all our kids um, and, and they're all our colleagues. And when we get better and we help them get better, our students just grow. And so be a champion for both your students within your four walls or within your building and also all, all of the students that you get the chance to encounter.
0: So good. That's a great message. It's, it's the, what we do, they do. And the they being kids, your coworkers, your peers, model what you expect. And if you want other people to take chances and be bold and be brave, you better be willing to do it yourself. Yes. Uh, don't take those safe chances because they're not really chances. <laughs> exactly. Something It is truly um, a dangerous possible outcome. And, right. Uh, and oh, failing
1: just, forward,
0: thats it. that
1: whole yep. like failing forward is moving forward. And I've, I've helped a few people in my building directly. And I know that it's helped them because they've come back and that said, like, I wouldn't have done that without you. And I'm so thankful that it went horribly because now this reflection is actually more powerful than any part of the planning and the execution. I'm actually saying this worked, this did not work, why it did not work. And I'm building my next lesson with real, hard like you've said before a million times it's not just numbers it's experiences that help you plan your next lesson it's not just a data wall that's going to help you guide your lessons it's a hard fail you know it's a kick to the gut when you've taken the time to plan something and it doesn't go well stop that's data that's a piece of information that helps guide where you go next and it it's often more powerful than any score you're going to pull up on your computer So I think helping people just get there, fail forward. It's okay. Take the kick to the teeth and move and use it.
0: It's so good. Yeah. Data and numbers are not synonyms. I'm tired (laughs) of people treating them that way. Um, We need to use data and data is basically taking information and making it make sense to you. So if the numbers don't make sense to you, quit using it. But that's again,
1: that's another day.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Kelly, you are absolutely an edu rock star, even though that's not your goal, you are inspiring me and I'll use rock star because I, you know, I I think your book is sort of like that, that CD or that that MP3 or the the audio file that I just downloaded to my computer. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm hooked on this. I could listen to this jam all day long. And now I can't wait to see the concert. I can't wait to just see you in person and just be able to, to experience even more. And I, you're doing such good work. And I, I appreciate the fact that you're not just playing your instrument in your own garage. You're actually out there playing for all of us. So
1: thank but, you. Yeah. Thank you for all your help as a new author. I really appreciate you reaching out and giving me that support and that go getem So I really appreciate you.
0: We are in this together. That is for sure. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you did, feel free to keep listening by subscribing right now to the Lasting Learning Podcast and get new episodes as soon as they're released. Interested in knowing more about me, Dave Schmidt? Well, feel free to find out what makes me tick by reading one of my books, Bold Humility, or It's Like Riding a Bike. Feel free to check them both out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly on my website, schmidto.com. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U dot net.